the podcast where we talk about women from mythology and folklore all over the world. We're your hosts. I'm Lizzie. And I'm Zoe. And today, Lizzie, who are we talking about? So today we're going into Haitian Vodou and we're talking about Erzali Dantor and Erzali Freida, who are oh. two love goddesses. Oh, fun. Yes, they're very cool. I'm super excited to talk about them. And mm-hmm. I think you'll also think they're very cool. Okay. Okay, so... First, a bit of background. Mm. So, Haitian Vodou is an African diasporic religion that developed in Haiti in the 16th through the 19th centuries. Okay. It's a product of syncretism between various West African religions and Roman Catholicism. Mm-hmm. It is not to be confused with Louisiana Voodoo, which is distinct though related. Okay, that's really interesting. Yeah. When slaves were brought from West Africa, they brought over their own religious beliefs, and these were mainly the Yoruba, Fon, and Eve people, and um, they were decreed to be baptized and Christianized, but a lot Mm -hmm. of Roman Catholic missionaries generally adopted a policy of guided syncretism, where they Mm -hmm. tolerated the adaptation of Christian saints into polytheistic belief systems, with the idea that it would lead them to the true faith of Christianity. Uh. (laughs) and that they would eventually choose Christianity over the African gods and spirits. Um, This is not what happened. um, Nice. Yeah, and Catholic figures were syncretized and adapted into figures and beliefs from the West African religions that they practiced, leading to new and adapted figures. Awesome. So in Vodou, the most important spirits are known as the Loa, who are intermediaries between the supreme creator and humanity. Loas themselves are not actually deities, they're intermediaries for a grander deity. Because of this, Vodou has been described as either monotheistic or polytheistic, because there is the belief of one supreme god, however, it doesn't really bother in the daily affairs of humans. This is more the domain of the Loa, which the word Loa can be translated as god, spirit, or genius, and it comes from the Yoruba Olua. Interesting. Yeah, so there's like a supreme god, and then there's Loas. Okay, so... Loa represent a fusion of African and Creole gods and syncretized versions of Catholic saints. They can be referred to as mystères, anges, saints, or les invisibles, so mysteries, mm. angels, saints, or invisible people. Awesome. And each Loa has its own personality and is associated with certain colors, days of the week, and objects. The Loa can offer help, protection, and counsel to humans, though they may also take it away when they feel that they must. <laughs> and there are various families of Loa, but today we'll just focus on two of them. The mm-hmm. Rada Loa and the Petra Loa. Okay. So first, there's the Rada Loa who are older ancestor and nature spirits who boarded the slave ships and endured the journey from Africa to the plantations of Haiti. Mm -hmm. And then there's the Petroloa, who are newer, more aggressive Loa that arose from the horrific lives that the West African people were forced into. As they mixed with people from other countries, they adapted other gods as Petroloa. Okay. Yeah, so basically there's the older gods who were like, founded more in the African religions that they were practicing, and there's Mm -hmm. the newer Petroloa who were often adapted. 
uh, and they were yeah much newer and um, there are also certain characteristics associated with certain families so the Rada are meant to be very benevolent and kind and the Petro are more dark-sided and can be violent that makes sense yeah it really does. So white and other light colors are associated with Rataloa, and black and red are associated with Petroloa. Interesting. Yeah. There is also a family called the Erzuli, which is a family of Loa that spans both the Rata and the Petroloa. And today we'll talk about two of them. Awesome. The most important, Erzuli, who are two sisters called Erzuli Freida and Erzuli Dantor. And so first we'll talk about Erzuli Freida. Okay. So Erzuli Freida is also known as Aesili Freida or Erzuli Freida Dahomey. And she is a Rada Loa and she's young, beautiful, and hyper-feminine. She represents femininity, mother of life, and beauty, and is seen as a votive version of the Virgin Mary. Okay. This will be very important later, by the way. Mm. She loves luxury items, such as perfume, luxury clothing, and jewelry. And she also loves flowers and sweets, such as cakes. And she has been compared to Aphrodite or Venus. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And she wears three wedding rings, each a gift from one of her husbands, Ogun, Agwe, and Dambala. She's kind okay. of more of a seductress, but she will seduce either men or women. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Alrighty. So votive followers, men or women, will marry Erzuli Freida or be possessed by her spirit, which, just a quick note, possession in the sort of conception of, like, nowadays, or, like, in Christianity, I guess, is quite a negative thing. Mm -hmm. But um, in Vodou, it's much more positive, and it's quite common. And Awesome. So votive followers, men or women, will be possessed by her spirit, but they describe the whole relationship as hollow and unfulfilling she'll mm -hmm. often burst into tears overcome by the sadness of love and the fact that it will always end in sorrow oh uh does that remind you of like a certain image maybe of her just like crying yes. in sorrow the pieta yeah so this image of her as a weeping goddess paints her as the counterpart of our lady of the sorrows the weeping virgin mary mm -hmm. yeah so you can see this in like iconography as well yeah but also, on the other hand, that kind of reminds me of the Norse goddess Freya. Oh, yeah. Because, uh, first of all, their names sound kind of similar. That's true. And, you know, I don't know where Freya comes from, unfortunately, so you never know. Yeah. Um, and secondly, like, she is often crying because she lost her husband, whose name I can't remember. Yeah, he's not that important. I don't remember it either. Yeah, I mean, like, this, like he's never really featured in myths. Like, the myth is just no. that she lost her husband. Yeah. Um, and, like, so she's often crying about mm -hmm. that, and she never really has romance with any others, despite being, like, the goddess of love and, like, weeping over her lost love. And I don't know, that's just really interesting. She just sort of, like, embodies grief, both of yeah. them. Mm -hmm. Freya and actually Freya. Mm -hmm. So she's also the symbol of heartbreak, hope, and disappointment. And she lives in such a way that she only wants to see the good and beautiful and nothing is ugly or evil. In Erzuli Freida's world, there is no racism, sexism, or poverty. And when she has to contend with the harsh reality, she cries and her tears flood the entire world. Wow. Yeah. So I mentioned that she wears three wedding rings for her three husbands. But I'll also mention that each of her three husbands had a main wife who wasn't her. Oh. And they all basically treat her as a mistress. Mm. So this really paints a picture of her as sort of a tragic character. She yearns for beauty and happiness, but she has to contend with a harsh reality where people are treated unfairly and where she isn't finding a true and fulfilling love. And then she weeps. 
Mm-hmm. And she sort of deals with this dissatisfaction by being difficult and capricious, and her servitors must humble themselves when they serve her, though she may then bless them with beauty and good fortune, so she can also be generous. Yeah. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. By the way, homosexuality is accepted in the Vodou religion. Awesome. And Eris Freida is seen as the patron saint of gay men, effeminate men, and drag queens. Love that. I know, she's a legend. She's great. Mm-hmm. And um, so Eris Freida is associated with the element of water, the days Tuesday and Thursday, the animals snake and flamingo, the metal gold, the plants basil, fig tree, and laurel, and the emblem of a heart pierced with a sword or a dagger. Oh, that's very interesting, because there's, I think there's, like, a similar emblem associated with Mary as well. Yeah, it's just, like, that image, it reminds me of mm-hmm. something, yeah. Or, like, a heart, there's, like, the heart that has a crown of thorns around it that's used mm-hmm. in some, like, medieval iconography. Yeah, so you can definitely see the similarities, like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And offerings to her include luxury goods and French pastries and champagne, also rice cooked in cinnamon milk and fried bananas with confectioner sugar, and her altars are lavish and large, and some people even dedicate entire rooms to her. That's amazing. So that's Erzeli Freida. So that's in so contrast cool. is her sister, Erzeli Dantor. Mm-hmm. So Erzeli Dantor is a Petro Loa, so one of the newer Loa, and she's depicted mm-hmm. as a hardworking peasant woman who loves rum, knives, and cigarettes, and she dresses in red and other colorful attire. She's also depicted with two scars on her right cheek. Interesting. Mm-hmm. She is seen as a syncretized version of the Black Madonna of Częstochowa, who is a venerated icon of the Virgin Mary in Częstochowa, Poland. Huh. Have you heard of that before? I haven't. Well, I've heard of the Black Madonna before, but I didn't know it was in Poland. Yeah. Um, I don't know too much about it, but I know it was like, it's like quite old and people don't know quite the origins, but it is yeah, in Częstochowa, Poland. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So so the Black Madonna of Częstochowa and Ersley Dantor are both Black Madonna figures who have two scars on their right cheek. And apparently copies of the Black Madonna of Częstochowa were brought to Haiti by Polish soldiers, and she was then merged into Vodou as Ersley Dantor. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a quite a clear origin. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mm-hmm. She's also a single mother, and she has a daughter called Anais. And her and Anais, sort of the image of the two of them really is compared to like madonna and child and you can see why if you see a picture of them yeah yeah they're quite similar mm-hmm. there are people who believe that dantor being a single mother is due to her being a lesbian and that she only slept with men in order to get pregnant awesome other accounts say that she's a bisexual woman who prefers women also fair either yeah either way <laughs> mm-hmm. great <laughs> mm-hmm Either way, she's also seen as the patron saint of lesbians, like Inanna. We talked about her as well. Yeah. So love that for them. Yeah, I um, love that. <laughs> yeah, so it's said that she fiercely defends women and children, especially lesbians, independent businesswomen, unwed mothers, and women who experience domestic violence. I love that. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. For sure. Unlike her sister, Erisley Dantor doesn't cry, but she channels her sadness into action and vengeance. Nice. So... Something very, very cool is that the Haitian Revolution started after a ritual honoring Erisley Dantor. Really? Yes. So basically, Bois Caimon, literally Alligator Woods, was the site of the meeting on the night of August 13th to 14th, 1791, in the northern mountains of Haiti. 
there was a ceremony led by Ungan Bukman Duti and Mambo Marinette, and those, which by the way, Ungan means priest and Mambo means priestess, so it was a priest and a priestess, and the priestess, uh, Marinette, was possessed by Aresley Dantor. Awesome. And she was performing a pig sacrifice, which the Haitian black pig is a symbol of Aresley Dantor, and um, all the slaves and those living in the hills came together to be part of this ceremony, and they made a pact with Aresley Dantor to rise up together and defeat the French. That's amazing. It's so cool. And so because of this, she's credited with having started the war. Awesome. Right. (laughs) She's even Mm -hmm. said to have fought in the war alongside the Haitians and even had her tongue cut out in the violence, leaving her mute. Oh. Oh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So she's thought to be a part of history alongside those rebelling against their oppressors. Like, she fought with them. She endured their pain right alongside them. Yeah. Which is really interesting. Yeah, that's amazing. Mm Mm-hmm. So Aries Dantor is associated with the colors red and blue, the days Tuesday and Saturday, the animal of the Haitian black pig, the plants red hibiscus and Eugenia crinolata, which is a plant native to Hispaniola, and the emblem of a bowl of blood. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> which is really quick. I, something I sort of noticed is that like one difference between Aries Freire and Aries Dantor's like symbols is that Aries Dantor is associated with like quite like Haitian things. Like you have the Haitian black pig, you have mm-hmm. this plant that's native to Hispaniola. So that's, like, pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And also, offerings to her include cigarettes, rum, knives, daggers, sweet red wine, and food, such as fried pork, corn products, muffins, and tortillas. Nice. Also, her colors are, like, the two colors, main colors of the flag of Haiti. Oh. Which I just looked up now to make sure, but yes. <laughs> oh, see, Red and blue. Cool. She's just very, mm-hmm. she's very Haitian. Like, yeah. she's new, she's, like... Mm-hmm venerated alongside madonna in like a very voodoo way like Mm -hmm. it just makes sense and it's very cool Mm -hmm. so before we continue a little bit with our discussion what are your thoughts on the two of them well i love them both i think Mm -hmm. they're really incredible and i think they're so interesting i'm really fascinated particularly with erzuli feda and how she is like so associated with love but also so associated with grief exactly and i think that like The ways in which those are tied together so closely is really interesting. Mm -hmm. And, like, I think it's a very powerful uh, commentary about, like, you know, human experience. And I think definitely about, like, uh, the experience of slavery. Yeah, definitely. And how much love and loss was involved in the journey Mm -hmm. to Haiti and then the experience of being enslaved and how much that because as an enslaved person you had no control over your own family and the people that you loved and i think that's very powerful exactly to be like have a whole spirit dedicated to like the emotional feelings of romantic love but also of grief and how they're so closely entwined exactly yeah i'll talk a bit a bit more like on that sort of topic later as well. But um, yeah, so Erzeli Freida is a Radaloa who represents the idealism of life before slavery and the difficulties of dealing with the harsh new life. Mm-hmm. And she lives a life of luxury and she doesn't take action against those hurting her people. She can only weep. Mm-hmm. And Erzeli Dantor is a Petroloa who represents the struggles of being forced into a horrific new existence. But in contrast with Erzeli Freida, she isn't just sad, she's angry at the injustice happening to her people. And she does her utmost to take action against those hurting her people. And not only does mm-hmm. she fight alongside her people, she suffers alongside them as well. Yeah. So there's definitely, like, two ways of dealing with the same, like, trauma. 
Yeah, and, like, they're both very, like, you know, valid ways, like, despair and anger. Mm -hmm. um, And just capturing both those sides. And I just think it's, like, so powerful that um, Azuli Dantour is allowed to be so angry. Yeah. You know, it's really meaningful. For sure. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Arisley Dantour and Arisley Freida sort of represent two sides of the same struggle, Mm -hmm. but just dealing with them in different ways. Like, there is Arisley Freida's way of dealing with hardship, which is first to ignore it and then to realize that you're powerless against it and crying, like you were saying, Mm -hmm. like this despair. And then there's Arisley Dantour's way of dealing with hardship, which is to take action and fight back. Mm-hmm. And I imagine both ways of dealing with hardship would have been a comfort to the West African people sold into slavery. There's this sort of powerlessness exemplified in Ersley Freida, but also this anger and injustice. Mm-hmm. And it must have been motivating and comforting to have Ersley Dantor as well. Like Ersley Dantor gives you strength to fight back and take vengeance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, also I think your point about her, um, you know, being wounded alongside them is very meaningful because also the Haitian Revolution wasn't just like a full on victory. There was so much struggle that came after and so i think that like the spirit of the revolution um you know surviving and being with them to this day is powerful but also like being wounded and sort of muted yeah like the ways in which like europeans colonizing slaveholding countries like sought to destroy haiti after the revolution and like basically impose massive debts on them and keep them from rebuilding themselves into a full nation of their own mm-hmm. um is really representative and like the way that um Erzuli dantour had her cu- tongue cut out and was muted yeah exactly which i think is really powerful you can definitely see the ways in which like these two women are ex- exemplified in the struggle and with the revolution mm-hmm. and it's yeah like you said it's very meaningful and it's very powerful mm-hmm. yeah and, yeah and must have been quite a comfort i feel like to have both of these women as well and um, this is exemplified outside of slavery as well. Like, mm-hmm. Ersley Freida may give you beauty or good fortune or other things that are nice, but sort of surface level nice. And then there's Ersley mm-hmm. Dantor, who protects vulnerable people. Yeah. Especially victims of domestic violence and other disenfranchised mm-hmm. people. And she takes on their pain as her own, and she suffers with them, and she fights for them. Yeah, and that's so cool. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like, you know, comparing to, like, Catholicism, which this is like a result of syncretization with. In a way, like Mary is quite a passive figure. Mm-hmm. Like she is known for like being pure and holy, you know, giving birth to Jesus and raising him and being with him up to until his death. But, you know, she doesn't fight back like Ezuli Dantua does. She doesn't like really do anything. She doesn't really take power into her own hands. She just sort of, like, uh, stands aside. But in a way, it's also quite representative of, I think, like, a Mary that, like, we can, that should be emulated. Yeah. In a way. And, like, how... So she's, like, meant to be the great intercessor, which means that, like, if you pray to Mary, she will, like, intercede with God and, like, bring your prayers to him. Mm -hmm. And hopefully, like, they'll be fulfilled. And then I think that, like, you know, the image of Mary as the protector of disenfranchised women, of, like, women suffering domestic violence, and women who are, like, you know, single mothers, like, especially mm-hmm. unwed mothers and stuff, would be very powerful. And I wish it was something that was used more instead of, like, this very passive, like, weeping image. And not to say that, like I said before, I think Erzuli Freda is also very cool as well. And, like, 
Yeah. I don't think she's like two sides of yeah. the Virgin Mary. Yeah. That's so interesting how they're both like Mary iconography, mm-hmm. but in different ways. Yeah. But also like and it was really Freda, it still feels like less passive because she's still like asking for things. Mm-hmm. You know, like she's asking for comforts and for things to make her life better, even if she is like ignoring some things. Yeah. And like sort of feeling despair at the world mm-hmm. in a way, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. And um, Erisley Dantor also punishes or manifests anger by shooting, stabbing pain or causing the person who has offended her to vomit blood. Ooh. And she also causes rapists to hang themselves. Incredible. Yeah, great stuff all around. Really? Yeah. And um, so for me, at least, I feel like Erisley Dantor represents quite a different side of a god or spirit than what we're used to seeing in mythology. Mm-hmm. Whereas Erisley Freyda would fit quite well with the goddesses of other mythologies, I feel. Like, um... Mm-hmm. This really makes sense when you consider the history of Vodou, where Aisley Freyde would have been much older, and Aisley Dantor would be much newer. So their purposes were different. Mm-hmm. So Aisley um, Dantor doesn't merely rule the lives of her people. She doesn't ask for you know gifts or sacrifices or tell them to behave a certain way to please her. And she also doesn't live a life that's wholly separate from them, like a lot of gods. Mm-hmm. Her life is really entwined with the lives of her people. She faces the same struggles as them. She takes on their pain as her own, and she fights tooth and nail for them. Yeah, I feel like Aisley Freyde, on the other hand, she's like she can be fickle. She can be selfish. She cares about the lives of her people, but doesn't really take action about it. So really typical goddess mm-hmm. behavior i feel like where her life and her story feel a bit separate from her people yeah she still suffers but her suffering isn't necessarily the same mm-hmm. whereas obviously dantor's suffering is very much the same as her people mm-hmm. when I mean, they're both great i'm not like yeah. passing judgment mm-hmm. but that's just sort of a thought that i had like obviously dantor is so like refreshing she's so new her way of dealing with struggles and the way that she is part of the history of her people Mm-hmm. Like, it's so interesting. Yeah, it's super cool. Yeah, and um, Erisley Dantor didn't just offer collective strength. She also represented preservation of the history ignored, denigrated, or exoticized by imperialist narratives. So the survival of these belief systems and these histories provided not just comfort for those dispossessed, but also continuity and allowed their beliefs to be maintained even through horrific hardships and injustice. That's really great. Yeah. There was this really beautiful quote that I read. It's from Emanuela Maltese in her essay, Ezuli or the Power of Feminist Love. Mm-hmm. And the quote is, Vodou is a religion of healing through love. That's amazing. Isn't it beautiful? Yeah. So like, Vodou represents survival and freedom from displacement, slavery, colonialism, and patriarchy, which just a bit of a side note. Vodou challenged patriarchy by rejecting gender norms put into place by the French colonizers, both in terms of gender roles because women can have moral authority under Vodou as well, mm-hmm. and also in regards to sexual orientation, like we talked about, but like there's many servitors who say that their sexual orientation was determined by the Loa, or like specifically gay men who say that Aerosoli Freyda made them gay, wow. which actually that was really beautiful because a lot of religions nowadays are sort of the opposite mm-hmm. of that. So that was like quite nice. But anyway, so basically being possessed by an Aerosoli is to be possessed by the healing power of love and spirituality. Like through everything, the Aerosoli represent love and survival. They represent, like we said, grief and also liberation. Yeah. It was a ritual with Aerosley Dantor that started the Haitian Revolution, which led to political independence. And this happened through a ritual where Aerosley Dantor possessed a priestess. So it's like the Aerosley have more than just a cultural place with the Vodou people, but also tangible historical significance. Mm-hmm. And I think also like 
thinking about how, um, again, these are both spirits of love mm-hmm. um, and how, like, Ursula Dantour helped inspire the Haitian Revolution and how, like, these acts are, like, an act of love yeah. and an act of power and, like, saving the people that she serves and who worship her and working still beyond that to preserve their culture and preserve their history beyond, like, the imperialist and colonialist yeah powers that seek to twist it and destroy it and i think that depicting that in like the context of a spirit who's like also about love mm-hmm. in passion is super powerful and like really expands the idea of what love is beyond like just you know a very like i said before like a sort of passive feeling and like that love is very powerful and, like you said very healing it's an active experience and it's very it's like earth-shaking it causes like these really amazing changes in the world exactly and it doesn't necessarily mean non-violence yeah um, and through Arizuli Dantour's violence she was able to inspire the people to exactly. create something better it's beautiful or to work for strive for something better yeah exactly yeah I so thought that quote was so beautiful like it's a religion of healing through love like mm-hmm. it's so nice and it's such a beautiful way of viewing religion as well Definitely. And the same writer, Emanuela Maltese, said about Aerosoli Freda, By filling the waters of the world, by transforming personal suffering into universal pain, the presence of tears inscribes the signs of a new and revolutionary awareness. Mm-hmm. So Aerosoli Freda sort of appears on the surface to be very materialistic, sort of a woman of inaction, but she still serves quite an important purpose. Like, she represents the idealism of a past life before the horrors of slavery and the awareness of the powerlessness of such a trauma and then Aisley Dontor takes it a step further she won't cry at her hardships but she'll take action mm-hmm. both methods of dealing with the struggle are quite important and revolutionary mm-hmm. yeah like Aisley Freida creates like a space for grief mm-hmm. and like trauma and just like taking a moment to like just let it let it be felt be felt yeah exactly which is so important yeah especially in the face of such, like, horrifying trauma. Like, you can imagine that both women would be, like I said, but, like, such a comfort and Mm -hmm. very healing. Yeah. So there's a lot of contrasts present here, like, between the Rada and the Petro, presented by, like, new versus old, black versus white, kindness versus vengeance. And you have, like, the coquettish femininity of Aerosley Freida versus the rough and angry Aerosley Dantor. So you have typical femininity versus atypical femininity, which, I mean, for, like, for women, I'm sure that's just very nice. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they're just very, like, they're women, you know? Like, them being women is so important, and it's, like, mm-hmm. very meaningful to their stories. It's not just, like, and it's, it's like, this is this already, but, like, the gender norms of Vodou were, like, they weren't, like, the colonialist ones, of the French Mm -hmm. like they were much more equal and yeah yeah and like I think especially for Ursula Dantour to be like the atypical femininity and her being like the patron spirit of lesbians and gay women Mm -hmm. I think is very important and definitely related in like demonstrating that like femininity can exist outside of like the typical norms and still be seen as a woman yeah, for sure. And her femininity, I wouldn't, like, say that she was, like, masculine. I would just say that she was atypically feminine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you have, like, her being a lesbian or bisexual. Then you have Aisley Freda being bisexual. Like, that's just mm-hmm. really, really nice. Yeah. Like, in my view, I think that's great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also, like, Aisley Freda being, like, the patron saint of gender non-conforming men and gay men. Yeah. And being more, like, traditionally feminine. 
is also important. And also, like, her being the incredibly emotional one who cries and, like, weeps and feels grief and, like, the importance of, like, also men being able to feel the yeah. ability to grieve and experience and accept, like, the trauma that they've been through. Yeah, exactly, for sure. It's, like, very beautiful that it's, like, not just homosexuality is tolerated, it's, like, the Loa actually turn people gay. Like, that's, mm-hmm. so it's, like, spiritual, that's, like, beautiful, and it's, yeah, it's quite, like, woven into religion if the Loa yeah. and the Airsley, like, are the people that make somebody gay. Like, that's quite beautiful, I feel like. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, it's, like, part of the religion and part of your worship as opposed to, like, despite, which I think is probably, like, a lot of people who have been raised Christian might feel Though I can't speak for everyone, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I definitely can't. But um, yeah, like, I think that's just really, really nice, the way that homosexuality is not just tolerated, but, like, quite accepted. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, a beautiful image to me, being like, yeah, I'm really afraid to turn me gay. Like, mm-hmm. especially the way that a lot of modern religions, that's not the case at all. Mm-hmm. It's said to go against God, so... Mm-hmm. I just think that's quite a nice feature of voodoo. Yeah. So yeah, like I was saying before, like there's a sort of dichotomy there, which like another fact about the voodoo religion is that there is a belief in a soul that consists of two parts. There's the tibonage, which is the conscience that gives way for self-reflection and self-criticism. There's the guobonage, and by the way, I'm just like sort of interpreting this as being from French, petit bonange and gros bonange, Mm. which means... um small good angel and big good angel or great good mm-hmm. angel something like that so the tibonage is self-reflection and self-criticism and there's the globonage which is the source of memory intelligence and personhood and it is a spiritual shadow for the body and it's what travels in our dreams so both of these aspects of the soul are very important and they work together to allow for possession which, as I said, is quite a common and good thing. Mm-hmm. And so the Tibonange is a tether that never leaves, and the Guobonange is able to travel around. Cool. So, like, as I was reading about the Tibonange and the Guobonange, I was sort of thinking, like, this dichotomy kind of reminds me of Aerosley Dantor and Aerosley Freida. Mm-hmm. Like, the way that they deal with suffering. The Tibonange sounds like this revolutionary awareness we were talking about of Aerosley Freida, like the feeling of knowledge of your own powerlessness mm-hmm. and how that can be quite revolutionary and healing as well. Yeah. And in contrast, the Guobonange sounds like the action and agency of Aerosley Dantor, which is like the Tibonange and the Guobonange work in harmony as two sides of a duality. And I feel like Aerosley Dantor and Aerosley Freida work in the same way. They're so different, but they're two sides of the same coin. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I just... Because they're sort of put in opposition to each other because they're so different. But I just feel Mm -hmm. like they're complementary rather than, like, opposing. Yeah. Like, we were talking about the ways that they offer healing and liberation Mm -hmm. and, um, yeah. Yeah, I think you need both. Like, I think you can't just have one and not the other. You can't just be angry. You can't just, like, there, or you can't just be, like, fighting back all Mm -hmm. the time. Yeah, and you can't just be, like, you know, sitting and crying all the time. Like, you need to have moments of anger and action, and you need to have moments where you can sit with your grief. Exactly. And those are both important. So, like, it's not like you choose one or the other. You use both, and you have them in balance, I think. And they're both important, and one isn't, like, better than the other. Mm -hmm. So I just think that's a really beautiful thing about Voodoo and about these two women. Like, I just think their stories are fascinating and just beautiful. Agreed. 
Well, thank you for listening to our episode this week. Please feel free to subscribe and leave us a review if you so desire. And we'll be back next week with another episode. Thank you. Thank you. Goodbye. Mythaladies podcast is produced by Elizabeth LaCroix and Zoe Kenninger. Today's episode was researched and presented by Elizabeth LaCroix. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Mythaladies and visit us on our website at mythaladies.com. Our cover art is by Helena Cayo. Our music was written and performed by Icarus Tyree. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Bye.